Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Midwest Madness, your true crime, cult, conspiracy, and cryptic podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Danielle. And we're back for another Tuesday. <laughs> and I'm still sick because it's been 35 minutes since our last episode. I won't really say you're sick anymore. I would say you're like well, I on have the a, mend. I have a cough, a little bit of a cough, so if I have to pause for that i apologize and yep. then now that she's talking she might have to cough more yeah and uh i have water so hopefully i can stay good for the whole thing yeah um cool <laughs> any announcements mm, not really no not that i can think of um well i just want to do a quick little shout out um to two of our friends who are getting married mine got married last weekend and yours is getting married next weekend. Oh, so yeah. congratulations to uh, Melissa, my friend, and Haley, Emily's, and Emily's friend Landon. Mm-hmm. They're getting married to each other, which Woo-hoo. is really fun. <laughs> um, so congratulations to both you guys, and thank you for listening, and we're super happy for you. Yay, weddings. Yay, Love weddings. <laughs> yeah. So that was just my quick little shout out. Cool. <clears throat> um, Sorry, excuse me. Perfect. Well, do you want to... Yeah, Get so I it. told you my story was in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. like, a couple weeks ago. Right. Um, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get into it. Okay. So, we're gonna start on, um, the, okay, actually, no, sorry, rewind. So, President Theodore Roosevelt, he is the, uh, first Roosevelt that served, so not the one with the Great Depression, but the one before that. Okay. And he served two terms um, as president from September 14th, 1901 to March 4th, 1909, and decided not to serve a third. You may have noticed a couple things in that sentence. The first being the weird dates. Um, usually presidents serve from like a January until a January, but that was not the case. Um, his mm-hmm. term... what? Never mind. Okay. (laughs) I was trying to do math in my head. Okay. So um, I'm just going to call him Teddy for most of the time because I think that's adorable and I love it. But um, so Teddy's term started September of 1901 because um, President William McKinley was assassinated. So Teddy Roosevelt was the vice president and after the death became president. Um, he was only president or vice president for 194 days before he became the president. Damn. I know. Isn't that crazy? Um, I couldn't figure out why his term went until March. That was what I was wondering. Yeah. I, I looked and I like Googled it like a bunch of different ways and I just couldn't figure it out. So apparently like inauguration day was different or something. I don't know. So if anybody knows, we would love to. Um, and then you might have also noticed that I said he decided not to run for a third term. Right. So back before 1951, presidents could serve as many terms as they wanted. So a third term wasn't like out of question. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. Um, it was just really frowned upon to do so. Um, and that was kind of just a thing that had started because of George Washington. George Washington did two terms and then stepped aside and was like, no, thank you. And so, like, that was just kind of tradition up to that point. 
Um, but it was never said that you couldn't. Okay. So that was in 1901 or no. 1909, sorry. And then uh, three years later, in 1912, Roosevelt decided that he was going to run again for president because he had been unhappy with how the party was being run by President Taft, which is crazy, because he assumed that since he had promoted Taft, that Taft would keep all of his people in office with him, so, like, all his secretaries and... Um, his like um, ambassadors and whatever but Taft wasn't doing that because obviously he doesn't have to right water break sorry <laughs> I'm trying to make him fast and sneaky but it clearly is not going to happen um, and then he also uh, Teddy also assumed that Taft was going to consult him about changes in staffing and he wasn't doing that either why would he assume that because he promoted him and they were both in the same party they i don't know i think he just kind of assumed okay which you know the saying yes make an ass out of you and me so um he was going to run uh as a republican because that's what he was and um unfortunately he did not get the nomination the republican nomination so um teddy started a new party the new party was called the Progressive Party, um, nicknamed the Bull Moose Party. Do you know why it was called the Bull Moose Party? Because their mascot was a bull and a moose. <laughs> no, um, it's because of, of Teddy Roosevelt, because he was kind of known for being super tough and really hardy, and like a bull moose is like a male moose, that's what oh. they're, they're called. So he's big and tough and loud and like, Ugh actually not loud i think he's the one that made famous the speak softly and carry a big stick right so but he was just known to be like a presence um his campaign took him (coughs) sorry him all over the country but um we're gonna just take a little pause and stop in milwaukee wisconsin on october 14th 1912 but first i want to talk about someone else John Flaming Schrank was born March 5th, 1876 in Bavaria. Okay. He moved to New York City with his parents who died not long after they arrived. Um, So then John was raised by his aunt and uncle. And um, he was fairly affluent. Like not, not like wealthy, wealthy, but like I would say like middle class, what we would call middle class. Okay. And was working slash owning a bar. Um, Everywhere it said he was like a saloon keeper. But some of the sources said he owned it and some of the sources said he just worked there. Not sure which. Um, His aunt and uncle raised him after his parents died. And unfortunately, they died in 1912. So same year that Roosevelt started his new campaign. And unfortunately for John, his girlfriend also died not long before his aunt and uncle did. Do you know how old he is at this point? <laughs> um, I think he's like early 30s. Okay. I think it was like 30 or 32. Um, well, 76 to 12. 34. That's, yeah. 
little no, old. No. 36? A little old. Yeah. 36. Thir- yeah. I'm so sorry, you guys. My throat is so dry. I'm doing my best. Um, So, after the deaths of his aunt and uncle and his girlfriend, he quit um, his job as a saloon keeper and decided to follow um, former President Teddy Roosevelt's campaign trail. So, he follows the trail, um, like, he just, like, goes to all his speeches and all his events and whatever, um, traveling nearly 2,000 miles from New Orleans to Chicago and, like, all over that, like, the eastern seaboard side of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, other places were, like, Chattanooga and um, Nashville, stuff like that. So, he follows him all over the place. Um to where we are now in Milwaukee. So John had finally gotten close to the former president within six feet of Teddy Roosevelt, who was on his way to his car from the Gilpatrick Hotel where he'd been staying in Milwaukee. Um, <coughs> I'm so sorry. Um, so Roosevelt wasn't like moving very quickly because you know he's like waving to people and shaking hands and like it's an appearance for him even this like short walk from his hotel to his car um so john within six feet of the president pulls a 38 caliber revolver and shoots teddy roosevelt in the chest kind of figured that's where this was going yeah (laughs) unfortunately but I was just hoping he was going to shake his hand and then that would be the end of the story. And just be kind of like a creepy stalker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Teddy's stenographer, a man named Albert Martin, reacted quickly, knocking the revolver from John's hand show- hand. so another shot could not be taken. Teddy stumbled back against his car after being shot once. Oh, sorry. Shot, but once he'd gotten his footing he saw that if something wasn't done, John Schrank would be killed by the crowd. So he called, quote, he doesn't know what he's doing. Don't strike the poor creature. Bring him here. Bring him to me. End what quote. What the fuck? <coughs> just let it out. I'm so sorry. Don't apologize. Just let it out. I feel so bad, though, because it just sounds so icky and hurts so much. Yeah, but I mean, so there was like six episodes in a row where it <laughs> sounded like shit. So I know. I know. But it never feels good to be the one that's, like, dying. Yeah. <laughs> Poor choice of words. Yeah. <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt's actually dying. So, um, John was brought to Teddy, who stared at the man. And in one of my sources, it said he asked him, why have you done this? And John didn't say anything back. He just, like, stared at him. So he was like, okay, well, bye then, I guess. Um, and then uh, Teddy Roosevelt was given the gun that was used to shoot him. And the crowd started crying for John to be lynched. Teddy held up a hand to calm the crowd and said, quote, officers take charge of him and see that no violence is done to him, end quote. I'm confused. He's, like, literally been shot in the chest and Uh he's still, like, able to talk and do all this shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's just like, don't let anybody hurt him. Like, be careful. Like, Wow. I'd be a little concerned about myself, I think, at that (laughs) point. But I guess that's the difference between me and a president. Well, you and Teddy Roosevelt, really. Yeah. Um, one of the men with Teddy 
a man named Henry Cocum asked the former president if he'd been hit. And Teddy responded that he pinked me, Harry. Sorry, quote, he pinked me, Harry, end quote. Henry. Yeah, Henry. He pinked me, Henry. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. What does that mean? I looked and looked and could not figure it out. Um, One of the only things that came up was from Urban Dictionary. And I'm pretty sure it's not what he meant because it's a very sexual thing. Oh, I'm sure. Um, Never trust Urban Dictionary. No, never. And so I was like, well, maybe on second thought, I guess it could be that. But I would be really surprised if that's what he meant. I'll tell you later what it was because <laughs> I don't really want to say it that's on the podcast. Fine. So Teddy's doctor wanted him to go back into the hotel so that he could be checked out, but Teddy refused. It was only once they were on their way to the speaking engagement that one of the aides noticed the hole in Teddy's heavy military jacket. Oh, so he's wearing a military jacket. Yeah, so he's wearing like a thick coat, like a wool, like a thick one. Yeah. And like... So how's he not bleeding all over the place? <coughs> well, Teddy calmly reached under his coat and pulled away a bloodstained hand, then calmly said, quote, maybe I should go to a hospital since <laughs> I've been shot in the chest, end quote. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> he said, quote, it looks as if I have been hit, but I don't think it's anything serious, end quote. It's like, I'll just go do my next speech. Then um, maybe after that we'll see what's going on you're not far off (laughs) he doesn't actually go to his next speech does he dr terrell again tries to get teddy to go back to the hotel and get checked but teddy again refuses before going on stage teddy roosevelt is finally somewhat checked out like they get him to get his shirt off and like unbutton his shirt they're like sir you've been shot in the chest and it is discovered then that he had been struck by the bullet in his right chest. Right. So, opposite side of his heart? Yes. So, over here. Okay. Well. Um, this was right where he had been carrying his double-folded 50-page speech in a metal glasses case. No way. These two things, coupled with the heavy military coat he had been wearing, had saved his life. But he's still bleeding. So it's, did it still like pierce him? Oh yeah, it went into his body, but just like not as not as fast as it could have been. Yeah. Um. While announcing, um, like right before his speech, while announcing him, Henry informed the crowd that was gathered that Teddy had been shot. Many people in the crowd didn't believe it. Some even shouting that it was fake. So, like, no bullshit. I don't know if I'd believe it. Right? Because you'd be like, why is he here? Yeah. (laughs) So, Teddy then made his way to the stage, unbuttoned his coat and his shirt, and showed a clean handkerchief that he'd placed over the wound that had become (laughs) bloodstained. This man just kills me. He's just like, oh, hey, look it. Yeah. (laughs) Look it. I've been shot in the boob. (laughs) But I'm still here. But it's fine. And I want to be your president. Again, <laughs> um, Teddy started with, quote, friends, I shall ask you to be as quiet as possible. I don't know whether you fully understand that I have be- just been shot. It takes more than that to kill a bull moose, end quote. <laughs> he then pulled out his speech, a 50 page speech that now had a bullet, two bullet holes through it, because remember, it was folded double. Oh, right, right. So it was like 
actually like 100 pages thick okay yeah um and he shows the crowd and says quote fortunately i had my manuscript so you see i was going to make a long speech and there is a bullet there is where the bullet went through and it probably saved me from it going into my heart the the bullet is in me now so i cannot make a very long speech but i will try my best end quote i just don't understand president theodore roosevelt then gave a 90 minute long speech my god (laughs) how have i not heard this story mom and dad said the same thing they were like what i was like yeah it's wild because i was telling him about it a couple weeks ago i was like i think this is gonna be my next story i feel like this should be taught in history class i know isn't it crazy um after his speech was over teddy was brought to the emergency room in milwaukee where x-rays were taken and the bullet was found he it was then decided that he would be brought to chicago to one of the most like world-renowned doctors dr john murphy when he got there he was escorted by 40 police officers so he like went by train which is like an eight-hour trip maybe from here or from not that no not quite that long Six to four to six, maybe. Do you think from Milwaukee to Chicago? I'm gonna say four. And I'm assuming they were moving rather quickly. Yeah. Um, I would assume it's probably less than four, but okay. And by train. Um. So he was escorted. He like walked off the train and like got into another car and then was escorted by forty police officers that were there to like make sure nothing happened to keep crowds back. And when the press started taking pictures, he said, shot again. Oh, my God. <laughs> it just kills me. Dad joke. I know. Um, so then, let's see. John Shrink's bullet had traveled five inches up from where it had entered Teddy Roosevelt's body and lodged itself against one of his ribs. But since it wasn't going to cause any further damage, they just decided to leave the bullet where it was. I mean, okay. Yeah gonna set off metal detectors but i don't think they had those back in 1912 (laughs) um okay let's see teddy roosevelt left the hospital for home in massachusetts i believe new york or massachusetts i don't remember um seven days after being shot (coughs) which to me does not seem like enough time to be in the hospital after being shot but you do you teddy roosevelt um he gave a 90 minute speech that's true i think they're lucky they got him to say seven days (laughs) he um in one of the sources that i saw it said that he like coughed into his hand like four times and when no blood came out he was like i'm fine because he knew that as long as like it hadn't hit his lungs right he he would be okay and so, like, since no blood came out, he was just like, all right, we're fine. Let's go. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, okay. After the assassination attempt, a letter was found on John that gave a possible clue to his reasons for the attempt on Teddy's life. According to the letter, John opposed of a third presidential term. Also in the letter, he recounts a dream that he had, supposedly had, where um, President McKinley, the one that was assassinated to give Franklin, yeah. or not Franklin, Teddy, his first um, term, um, he appeared in the dream blaming Teddy Roosevelt for his death and directed John to seek revenge, allegedly. 
I have some weird dreams, and I'm not taking those into my real life, so. No, but you're perfectly sane, so. That's true. Well. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking I wasn't going to say it. (laughs) We, We all have our days, right? Yeah, right. Um, he, So when he was brought before the judge in Milwaukee, he recounted the dream. And um, he also told the court that he shot Teddy because he thought he was trying to start a monarchy by running for a third term. Which is especially ironic because Franklin D. Roosevelt did have three terms mm. because of World War II. Um, it was a time of... it was. It was called a time of crisis, and so they didn't want to switch. Switch presidents. Yep, in the middle of a time of crisis. So he was allowed to have an extra long second term. Okay. Which is also interesting because I think he, I think Teddy was Franklin's uncle. So technically that would be a monarchy. Oh. Because um, Teddy Roosevelt, I don't believe, had any sons. He had a daughter named Alice. Very interesting woman. Look her up. She's super cool. She's like a rebel without a cause. And it's incredible. Um, Like smoked and went out and partied. And it was just like um, Teddy Roosevelt once said, I can either run Alice or I can run the country. That's hilarious. (laughs) Because she was just so like out of control or whatever. Quote unquote. (laughs) Exactly. She just did what she wanted to do. Yep. Pretty much. (laughs) Um, So then John was committed to an asylum in 1914 by doctors, but Teddy Roosevelt didn't seem to buy that John Shrink was insane. Two months after the assassination attempt, he wrote to a friend that he thought that John was, quote, not really a madman at all, end quote, rather, quote, a man of the same disordered brain, which most criminals and a great many non-criminals have, end quote. His reasoning for this was because John, quote, had quite enough sense to avoid shooting me in any any southern state where he would have been lynched and he waited until he got into a state where there was no death penalty, end yeah, quote. I mean, because he did follow him around for how for, long? Yeah, like over 2,000 miles. Yeah. And one of the articles I read had like six or eight different engagements that John had been at that... He was like close enough? I don't know if he was close enough. That would or... be my only other thought was maybe this was like literally the first opportunity he had where he was yep. close enough, but yeah, still. Um, so that, I mean, it's a really good point on his part. So, um, John Schrank died in a mental hospital in 1943. Um, I think it was like seven years after Teddy Roosevelt died. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> And Teddy Roosevelt didn't win. No, he didn't. Um, That was when, I believe, Woodrow Wilson won. Man got shot. Man got freaking shot. Then went on and gave a speech. (laughs) He was the first runner-up, though. So he did beat Taft, um, which is he earned the highest ever vote. Like third party? For a third party candidate ever. So that tells you what kind of badass he was. Yeah, literally. In more ways than one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my sources were um, TheodoreRooseveltCenter.org, MillerCenter.org, JSTOR.org, Link.UWSuper.edu. So because I'm a student, I was able to get oh, into that yeah, one. Oh, that's nice. 
I was like, yes, it's finally paying off. Just kidding. You probably have a lot more access than you think you do. Yeah, I probably do. So that one I was able to use my my student creds for, which was kind of nice. But those were all my sources. And then I kind of like briefly looked at Wikipedia, but I didn't take anything from there. Okay. Just pictures. Cool. That's awesome. Our episodes were almost the exact same length. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. That is weird. Usually Um, yours are longer than mine. Mine usually just end up being way longer than I think they're going to be. So it was kind of nice to do a little bit of a shorter one this time. Well, and I don't know Even how to shut up. Time, so, but oh well. I also don't know how to shut up, so I ask a lot of questions and put a lot of opinions in there. Oh, yeah, that's good, I think. Sometimes sometimes I want you to. Sometimes I want you to just listen. <laughs> you just should kidding. just you should just tell me beforehand. Hey, shut the hell up in this one. We should have like a signal. Oh my god, we should. Like <laughs> she just flipped me off, you guys. That can be the signal. <laughs> but you do that to me all the time, so I wouldn't understand. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> I'd be like, oh hey, Em, how are you? <laughs> okay. Um Do you wanna try and do socials? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Okay. MW Madness Podcast. Is that Instagram? Yes. And Gmail? Yes. At gmail.com, obviously. Yep. Midwest Madness, the group on Facebook. Midwest Midwest Madness Podcast, the group. Sorry. And I'm not going to do Twitter. Midwest Madness Pod on Twitter. There we go. Cool. Okay. I tweet like once a week when I remember. That's fine. (laughs) Um, Cool. Well, that is that. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. And we'll most likely see you again next week. <laughs> I know. We're going to have to stop saying that. I know. Just we're going to have to. We'll see you next Tuesday. Be careful. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Bye. Bye.